everybody, and welcome to the Week 3 2023 Season Edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Fox. Pleasure to be joined alongside by Kenny Heath. And Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. Uh, good to be back. Uh, what a wild week we had last week, proving once again I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> but I like to talk anyway, so... Maybe this week will be better with our predictions. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great slate of games last week. A lot of surprises as well. But before we dive into last week, we will start today, as we always do, with our weekly Matt Step question. And the question for Matt Step today from Kenny was, quote, 5A Division One District 4 begins district play this week, a nine-team district. Obviously, the nationally televised game between Red Oak and Lake Belton is definitely one to keep an eye on. The Shoemaker-Midlothian game should also be be interesting tell us your thoughts on those two games and any other games in that district that intrigue you as well and Matt Stubbs answer was I think there's a clear line between the four teams that you mentioned in the rest of that district the four teams again being Shoemaker Midlothian and then Red Oak and Lake Belton I favor both Central Texas teams in these this week's matchups Red Oak although they're 2-0 and and Midlothian as well have stumbled out of the gate and don't to be don't appear to be as strong as they were in 2022 and that's a good point uh thanks again to matt steph for answering uh, the weekly matt step question um yeah the the point about midlothian is yeah they've stumbled out the gate i believe they're zero and two to start the season red oak is two and zero again but not as dominating to start the season as they were last year no and that was a fun district last year because you yeah. kind of had everybody beating everybody uh you know really thought lake belton was going to come out and, and and win that district and i believe they finished down they finished third, third or fourth. And Something like that. Ended yeah. up getting beaten the first round, but a uh, big game tonight, and then that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch. I plan on trying to tune in. A lot, a lot of talent yeah. on that field. Uh, I think uh, you know Dave Campbell's had a list of the twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five most offers, mm-hmm. and the, the cat. What's his name? Cass Taylor, the kid for Red Oak, Taz Williams. Yes, yes. That dude has forty three offers, and of course you got <laughs> Micah Hudson and Selman Bridges on the other side. So it'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be a great game. That game again will be. Uh, Thursday night tonight, uh, whenever this episode comes out, it'll be on ESPN2, a nationally televised game for high school in Central Texas. Uh, it'll be a great game. Both teams are 2-0. We'll dive We'll dive uh, more into that game later on. But, yeah, Red Oak and Lake Belton will be on ESPN2 on uh, Thursday night to open week three of the Texas high school football season in 2023. It'll be awesome. I'll probably, I'll be, I'll probably be at home. I'll probably flip in between that one and the NFL season opener tonight as well as the Detroit Lions will be at the Kansas City Chiefs that'll be a great game to keep an eye on as well but it's not very often you see uh, a nationally televised broadcast not just at the high school level but right here in our own backyard absolutely and uh, kind of surprised when that came out you know mm-hmm. uh, you usually think of the Duncanvilles and the South Lake Carrolls and the and the DeSotos getting that national spotlight or Galena Park down down in the Houston area North Shore uh, so yeah it'll be a fun one. yeah I saw an article about whenever they released the news of the game being on ESPN2. Uh, they called Coach Cope, uh, Brian Cope, the head coach of the Lake Belt and Broncos. They called him back in January and asked if he'd be interested in, you know, having the game nationally televised. Of course, he said absolutely right away. You know, yeah. you know, just the amount of sheer athletes, not just for Lake Belton, but Red Oak as well. A lot of talent to showcase and just get – you know, get in front of the eyes of a national audience because you know there's going to be scouts watching the game as well. So it's going to be a great opportunity for not just the programs but the kids themselves to get some more maybe pristine eyes on them, you know, to give them more opportunities to play at the next level. Yeah, and, you know, and maybe there's a kid, like you said, that, you know, people aren't uh, keeping an eye on and you get those scouts in mm-hmm. and, and that kid may get get some eyes and, and get an, get a chance somewhere. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It'll be a great game to keep an eye on tonight on na- nationally televised high school football game right here in Central Texas. Uh, Lake Belton uh, hosting Retta. We'll, get, we'll dive more into, the, into that game uh, later on. But first, let's take a look back at week two. Again, as we mentioned before, a lot of great games. And let's start. Uh, Salado and Rudder, big comeback there in Salado. Yeah, you looked at your scores and, uh, you know, Salado's down big. And you're like, well, you know, that's a, that's a bigger classification school. No surprise there. And then uh, uh, you look back and you're like, what the crap happened? These dudes <laughs> came back from 32 
Was it 32-0? They're down 32 yeah, points. It, it, so. Yeah, it, it was like 32 or 39-7, something yeah. like that. And they ended up coming back and winning 48-47. to Unbelievable win for Tom Westerberg and company. Uh, absolutely. And, and kudos to those kids for, uh, you know, not laying down and, and continuing to fight and uh, getting a W. Yeah, and that's – you know, they've started off 2-0 and out of the gate. They beat Fredericksburg by 10 on the road in week one and then coming back down 32 points to beat 5A Brian Rudder 48-47 at home. Home, and they'll be back on the road this week as they have another tough test, uh, punching down a classification this time. But uh, they'll be playing Malakoff yeah, this we're, week. We're gonna have to put him in there with the Mahia scheduler, whoever scheduled the yeah. games for Salado. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! Give it. But you know, it's gonna benefit those kids. You know, yeah. when they get in the district, and uh, they're in a pretty tough district because you know Madisonville's like they're gonna shape up. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, we know Conley. Uh, big win against La Vega uh, last week, so it'll help those kids. And speaking of that Conley La Vega game, it Kenny, it pretty much went exactly how he thought he would—a 48-40 final in that um, uh, Waco area showdown. Conley uh, edging La Vega 48-40. Uh, this one was played at La Vega, the, or no, at Connolly this time rather, and a huge win for Connolly, and then a hard-fought game for La Vega. They, they, I think they were, according to Dave Campbell's, I think they were only like eight or nine point underdogs, and that's exactly how the game played out. It was very high scoring, of course, eighty-eight total points scored. It was a very, very exciting game with a lot of talent across the field. Yeah, and you know, Kiefer Sibley never ceases to amaze. Nope. You know, ran for three hundred and forty-three yards and six touchdowns, and uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That kid's a heck of a player, and uh, man, it's good to see, good to see games like that. You you thought. Uh, maybe La Vegas defense is going to, you know, start kind of shaping up. But, you know, it's hard to judge against a team like mm-hmm. Conley. Especially got, this early in the season. Yeah, they've got – they found him a quarterback who uh, looks like he's going to be pretty good. And, of course, you got Kobe Black and Kiefer Sibley. So, it's hard to judge La Vega, even though Conley is a smaller classification. But maybe Conley's prime for a run this year. You know, we've kind of mm-hmm. kind of not been down on him. But, you know, figured, hey, you probably need to go – deeper than two rounds every year with the talent you have and, and this may be the year yeah they, they've always had the talent but it's just the fact there's that second round wall and there's other teams we talk about that Whitney uh, a team that we're really familiar with they're in that same boat but you know Connolly, they definitely have the talent there's no doubt about that but they could be one of those teams where you know they're going to make the playoffs there's no doubt about that and the, that might probably get a favorable matchup in the first round but if they're able to get that slightly tougher matchup in the second round and come out with a win you know, they'll get over that hump and they'll be primed for a run. There's no doubt about it. When you got players like Kobe Black and Kiefer Sibley alone, not, not to mention just all the other crazy talented players that they have on that team. And I think you're right. If they get over that second round hump, they'll be primed for a huge run for sure. Yeah, speaking of Kobe Black, you know, he had, uh, what, four carries for 126 yards. And, our, and you know, Bryson Rowland had a, hundred, a big stat night for everybody because Bryson Rowland had 185 yards rushing. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think La Vega's better, you know, better than this. That they just, uh, you know, it's a bit, you know, Coach Hyde played it down, but it's, it seems like a pretty good rivalry. You know, those those school districts butt up to each other. Those kids mm-hmm. know each other, so uh, it's hard to take away a whole lot from this, other than Conley's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Both teams are really good, and they're gonna, you know, they're both in. They're both in five-team districts, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they play out. But, yeah, great game, rivalry game, 48-40. Connolly took that one. And my, maybe the biggest shock in the entire state last week, how about Malakoff 51, Grandview 21? Uh, is it the biggest shock? I mean, I know t- we picked the Zebras, well, but uh, I, know, I did. It's but. just historically speaking, yeah. Gr- Malakoff had never beaten Grandview in the regular season. They were 0-5 against Grandview in the regular season, and they were playing at Grandview. And Grandview was coming off of what well, it seemed at the time an impressive victory, 35-7 over Glen Rose. But Glen Rose might be a little down this year. Year, yeah. as, we, as we saw with their result in week two. But regardless of all that, for Malakoff to come in on the road and, you know, Grandview's a top 10 team. They're a top 10 team and they came into Grandview's house and beat them by 30. Really, really impressive for Jamie Driscoll and company. Well, if you go back to the beginning of the year and we talked to Coach Ebner, you know, he's, they're young. They're yeah, really young. For and, sure. And he was hoping that, hey, we're going to learn and grow throughout the season and hopefully when the playoffs starts, we'll be playing our best our best football of the year. Uh, but Malakoff for sure made the statement and, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're the favorite out of region two. And, uh, 
didn't expect this, but knew it was certainly possible because there's just so much talent over there. And there's talent with Grandview also. Oh, yeah. Just younger. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they just, man, what a, what a statement kind of win. And, uh, obviously, you know, I don't know that, you know, you got a Winsboro team that's fixed to get tested this week against Hooks, I believe, and kind of made clear up the pitch, even though Hooks is a smaller uh, school. Yeah, I still think, you know, Grandview is the favorite out of Region 2. That, uh, you know, I, not not Grandview, I'm sorry. Malakoff is uh-huh. the favorite out of Region 2 and uh, pretty much proved it last week. Yeah, for sure. It was a huge win on the road, 30 points over Grandview at Zebra Field. Uh, and, yeah, I, th- I think they've set themselves – they've set all of Region 2 on notice, like saying, hey, guys, this is our region to lose. We got the target on our back. So, a very impressive win for the Malakoff Tigers. Hey, you know, and I got a text this morning. Uh-huh. And – uh COVID's running rampant is at it? Malakoff. And oh, no. So, keep an eye on that. I mean, this will come, you know, this this will – we'll put this podcast out Thursday afternoon or evening, but keep an eye on Malakoff. There may be – they may have to do something. But hopefully they don't. Hopefully the kids get to play, but you just never know. Yeah, it, it you know, it's one of those things where the, there's just this new strand going around, I guess, and, you know, the heightened sense of awareness with COVID around, at least around the state, has – grown a little bit you know um it, it just this new strand i don't know no i don't know the medical term for but it, it has gone around a bit i mean i caught it i caught it a couple weeks ago so i you know it, it's going around just you know hopefully everyone stays safe and stays healthy but yeah we'll keep an eye on that one for sure uh, another score from last week melissa 63 china spring 33 kind of a bit, that kind of went how we expected the number one team in 5a division two of course china spring the number one team in 4a division one but I mean, that Melissa team is just loaded with size, loaded with talent, and they're really well coached. And they're number one in 5A Division Two for a reason. And I think they proved it with that 30-point win on the road last week. Yeah, no shame in losing Zero. a team like Melissa. Golly, they're, you know, they're loaded. And they, they beat uh, an Argyle team last week. And, yeah, you know, a good, good, good experience for those kids over there. You know, that's a top, you know, a really quality team, or excellent team in uh, Melissa. So it'll do, like we said earlier, it'll do nothing but help those guys going forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. So hopefully everybody got out there healthy. You know, yeah, hopefully. We, we didn't see an injury report or anything. But, yeah, regardless, I think I think everyone uh, came out of that. Both sides, Melissa and Chai Spring, came out as better teams for sure. And then uh, the game we were at last week, Whitney 21, Hillsboro 20. This game was 20-7. to 7 at halftime Hillsborough led and you know Whitney goes out there and pitches a second half shutout comes back and scores 14 unanswered to win the game yeah and you know man give credit to Hillsborough because they came out with a defensive scheme that really uh, kind of shut Whitney down you know and their run game was phenomenal I think they were getting like just under six yards of carry at least throughout the first half yeah and that Ezra and Emery guy Every time he got the ball in his hands, you were like, "This it could he could break it because that's a really solid." I think he ended up with only eighty-five yards. He had two long ones called back on some holding penalties, but uh, yeah, they, the, the defense did well in the first half. I mean, they did well the whole game. And, you know, uh, both sides really played well. You know, I think there in the fourth quarter, uh, Whitney was out four starters on their defense, and uh, really, what I liked about it is, uh, you know, Mason Seeley in the first two and a half, three quarters. Kind of was off, you know, mm-hmm. missed some dudes. Receivers didn't really help him, dropped a few balls. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he kind of uh, – him and David Haynes in that fourth quarter, dude, they they really turned it on. Mason did a really good job of extending plays with his legs and found some dudes uh, open. And then, of course, man, uh, David Haynes had two monster hits, a big play behind the line. Kind of set the tone for that defense. And, mm-hmm. you know, you really were looking for – you know, of course, we're, we're close to Whitney, so we have a little bit uh, – Interest more interest than most people. Yeah, yeah, but you were you know looking at halftime like, hey, somebody's got to step up. Who's the leader? Who's the leaders of this football team? You know, and uh, you know I think in the fourth quarter it kind of showed it was Mason Seeley and uh, mm-hmm. David Haynes. So yeah, good good uh, fun game to watch. I mean, yeah, golly, was... you had a ninety yard touchdown pass. You had a, a fumble inside the five that uh, that Hillsboro reco- uh, recovered. You had two long runs by Ezra and Emery that got called back. For legit holding penalties, uh, both teams kind of sloppy, but uh, yeah. you know it was, it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think you mentioned before that 
the the Whitney offense just didn't really have any answers for that Hillsborough defense. But I think what really set that second half comeback in motion was that 90-yard touchdown pass that you mentioned to Jared and Anderson. It was a, it was just a simple post route or a deep slant, and then Sealy hit him in stride, and he just out outran the secondary. Jared and Anderson did, but and then of course you mentioned David Haynes. Uh, the third stepping up in there, the defense. He he played a little bit of both. He made the switch from middle linebacker to defensive tackle. He kind of alternated, and again, he a couple big hits, and you saw him. He, he's out there calling the plays, and he's like getting the team fired up, and it's great to see. You know, you kind of expect that sometimes from a coach's kid, but he goes a step beyond Trey Haynes. I mean, he's a really really good player, and you know, he he showed him and Sealy, like you mentioned, and you know, a big time situation when you have very limited time on the clock and you have to come back down two scores they proved it that you know they could step up and and you know come out with the win it, it was it was nice to see for them to come back especially defensively pitching that second half shutout yeah and you know like you mentioned with Trey Haynes you know they, they do play him a defensive line a little bit they blitz him a lot but I really like when he's just playing middle linebacker and he gets mm-hmm. to use his instincts and and uh, that's to me that's when he makes his biggest plays when he can pursue the ball and uh fun to watch and man that that uh <laughs> Whitney could not run the ball at all no and uh and they know, couldn't that, we, they couldn't in week one either the uh that defensive tackle Jade Magruder for Hillsborough is a stud that, yep. I mean that guy gave him fits all night long uh fun to watch that kid yeah Darian Hodge for Hillsborough had a great game as well had over 100 yards receiving uh I think he had like 30 or 40 rushing yards on the ground as well had a couple touchdowns he was a really big player for Hillsborough as well of course as you mentioned Emery he kind of ran all over the field all night. Of course, his two big touchdown runs get called back because holding, but Hillsborough's got some players now, and we'll talk more about them later on in our preview show. But And that is the end of our review for week two. A lot of great games back in week two, but now let's, uh, let's jump into week three, man. Let's start. We talked about it before on ESPN2 Thursday night at Lake Belton. Broncos State. Well, I guess it's Belton ISD Stadium. They share Tiger Stadium. So they share Red Oak. At, will be at two and zero. Will be heading over to Lake Belton, also two and zero, to open district play. And you know, again, as we mentioned, this will be on ESPN two. Red Oak coming off a twenty eight nothing victory over Arlington Seguin, and then Lake Belton winning a shootout over Buta Johnson last week, fifty one to forty four. And this is this is this could make up for an exciting game, especially not just being on national TV, but this game was 48-47 in overtime last year. It could be prime for another great showing like that. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I think Lake Belton's a little better squad. Of course, I thought that last year too, but uh, I think Lake Belton's a, a better squad this year. Both teams, like you said, two and zero. Uh, you know, Red Oak, Taz Williams with forty three offers, uh, most in the state of Texas in his class. Uh, they got another, they got a good tandem of wide receivers with uh, Braden Robinson. Uh, both those dudes are pretty talented. And then you look at Lake Belton with, of course, Micah Hudson, who's a top five recruit in the state. Another great recruit in Selman Bridges. Uh, they found him a quarterback in uh, Elijah Mascarinas. Yeah. And sling the ball around a little bit. So it ought to be a fun one. Uh, I got Lake Belton winning this one. Yeah, I got Lake Belton as well. It, it'll, I think it'll be close. You know, the, you know, we, we mentioned before in our Matt Stepp question that Stepp said that Red Oak might, might have been stumbling a little bit. And that's kind of weird to say for a, a team that went, that's gone 2-0. But again, they you know, in week one, you know, they – I can't remember who they played. Uh, that's what it was. They played the Colony, which is an 0-2 team, and they only won by three points. But then they came out and played Arlington Seguin, a team that played them close, close last year and beat them 28 to nothing. So, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if stumbling is the right word for Red Oak, but they definitely have some more questions overall than they did at this point last season. But I think it's going to be a great game. You know, I, I think Lake Belton does have – being at home has the slight advantage here. And, you know, Micah Hutton. Hudson, he had two touchdowns last week. He'll be all over the field tonight. And uh, it'll be a great game. I think Lake Belton will, will win this one as well. And so now let's jump into our next game. Now back down to Class 2A as 2-0 Axtell will go on the road to take on 2-0 Dawson. And Axtell, 58-0 winners over Bartlett last week. They've outscored their opponents 92-3 through the first two weeks so far. Yeah, and they got a new quarterback. He only he's only played one game. Uh, Joseph, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Uh, Levi Leathers, and yeah. so really, so all I've read and I've talked to Coach uh, 
last year really talked to Coach Horn about him, and he was excited about him. Knew that Colton what Horn wasn't going to play quarterback this year because he had this kid coming up. He's a great athlete, a great baseball player. He missed the first game doing baseball camps and stuff. Uh, so, you know, they kind of got a three-headed monster there in, in Levi Leathers and Colton Horn and Kelvy Hollinsworth. Uh, their defense is better this year, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we talked to Coach Horn in the preview show. He's like, hey, we're faster. We're stronger. We spent, you know, got that one full season in, in the weight room. Uh, they're 2-0. and uh, I like them. And then you look at Dawson. They got a, you know, new head coach over there. Uh, mm-hmm. Hometown guy comes back home. So, Bro- Boatwright's not throwing for 400 yards a game anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're more of a run. Or Kobe Springer has about 300 yards his first two games of the season. Uh, they still got the athlete in Hayson Easley, who's a stud, really good wide receiver. Uh, they're not pass happy like happy like they were last year. More of a, a kind of a, a grounded out team. It should be a good one. They're two and zero with uh, wins over Leon and Rio Vista. Uh, but I got Axel going in this one. I, I got Axel going as well, and most of that is the strength of their defense. They again, they've allowed three points in the first two games, and you know, um, and Dawson, you know, although they've they're they're two and they haven't lit up the scoreboard scoring fifty points a game or anything, but that's because of like you said, their their change of their offensive scheme. They're not you know slinging the ball all 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 over the field with Boat right, you know, like they were last year. So I think I think it'll be a fun game. I think this game will be close as well. Uh, but yeah, I think Axel will get this win on the road as well um but yeah and and just this is just a testament again to coach craig horn this is his what second or third season there now and number two two and unbelievable turnaround already well i read a article recapping the axel bartlett game Uh and somebody goes you know he just wins wherever he goes yep it's, it's absolutely correct that the guy will you know i think he he had a good thing going in Italy, but I think he wanted a new challenge. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, let, let me go to this team who's been horrible. And yeah. No disrespect, but just, it's just has not facts. been a good team. Yeah. They went through a couple of head coaches the last few years. They got a good freshman class, or which is now a junior class. And let me go see what I can do. And, you know, he went over there and worked his magic. They were, won eight games last year. and. Mm-hmm. Fully expect they're going to win eight or ten this year. Yeah, for sure. And they, they're off to a great start. They're heading on a great trajectory to, to win double digits, which we'd have to look at. It's been a while since Axel's done that. So, great job for Craig Horn and the Axel Longhorns. Oh, and I did reach out to Coach just saying, hey, what do you think about this game? And, you know, he was really insightful. And he said, hey, the team that plays the best is going to win. <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> appreciate the insight, Coach. That's a great game. And we're going to have him on before the week of Cayuga. Cayuga. Yeah, so we'll have Coach Horn on then for sure, and um, that's a that's a coach's answer if I've ever heard one. Whoever plays better wins, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think it's safe to say we we both have Axtell, uh going on the road and beating Dawson to improve to three and zero. And now let's move back up to Class Three A as the Troy Trojans coming off a great win over Lexington last week, be on the road to take on the also one and one Rogers Eagles. But but before we dive into this game, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Troy Trojans, Coach Tommy Brashear. Here's Kenny's interview with Coach Brashear. All right, I'm here with Coach Tommy Brashear, the athletic director, head football coach for the Troy Trojans. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you all for having me. Yes, sir. Hey, Coach, first let's talk about your season so far. Um, You really got a a good pass-catch combo with Mr. McMurtry and uh, Reed Ketchum. Those guys have really hit it off so far. Yeah, they have. You know, they've kind of grown up together, playing together. They're both juniors for us uh, here in Troy, and they seem to have a really good, uh, you know, connection with each other and kind of kind of know how each other thinks and, and what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. So it has been a real good, you know, real good connection for us so far. I've been very pleased uh, with them offensively and, and uh, offense as a whole. We're learning a new scheme and, and coming around, and the kids are just kind of learning as they go, and they're doing a great job so far. Well, I'll tell you what, speaking of that scheme, you know, I was there at the the Whitney-Troy game and just really impressed of how your guys, you know, moved the ball around, you know, and that game, you know, it was 28-14 at one point. Y'all had a big play on defense, but, you know, both teams had a lot of mistakes and it could it could have went either way if you watched the whole game. So that was impressive. And then you you go to Lexington and and a team – that averaged 40 points a game last year. You held them guys at 20. And the same thing with Whitney. They averaged over 40 last year. So it looks like your offensive scheme's kind of taken off, but your defense is doing really well also. It is. 
I've been extremely uh, pleased with our defense. And our defense has been a little bit ahead of our offense all along. It's a new scheme on defense, too. We're 3-4. But um, we do have more returning varsity kind of, you know, kids who are playing, you know, their second or third year on varsity over there. So we got a little more experience over there. And i uh, been really pleased, though. Uh, both your, I agree with both those offenses, Whitney's and Lexington's, are very high-powered, deep-play type offenses. And, and uh, our defensive staff, uh, Coach Durbin and, and Coach Carr and the rest of them, have done a great job of, of trying to uh, limit those big plays from those guys. And, and, and we've been tackling pretty well, too. So I've been very pleased with that and being physical uh, up front. So uh, defense has, has been doing great. And then, you know, knock on wood, hopefully they, they keep that going. So I've been real, real pleased overall with our defense, uh, for sure. So when you, you took over at Troy, who ha, they've ran the ball forever. You know, they, uh, we talked to Coach Lancaster earlier today. You know, I think they were in the wing tee, and then he moved them to the I formation. Of course, he had the, the great Zach Kerbachik at running back. What kind of obstacles did you have, you know, identifying, you know, who's going to be your quarterback and, and your receivers? Because these dudes aren't used to the spread offense. Yeah, I, I got here in April last year uh, when I took on the, the job here in Troy, and so we, we we went straight into football during the in the off season period during the period, and and uh, you know I was uh, I was really surprised how quickly the kids picked it up. Of course, the kids were super excited about it. I mean, they never really thrown the ball much. I'm, I don't ever remember Troy throwing the ball much. My mom, I, <laughs> I don't either. We pushed against them several times, and they've been slot T, wing T, I, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, the kids have been really excited. Of the grass is always greener on the other side, so we'll see if they stay excited. But, uh, you know, running a lot of routes in practice, I think some of them are kind of have second guessing whether they, <laughs> they liked this as much as they, you know, they thought they were. But I think they're liking it. They seem like they are. And, uh, but they, they picked it up uh, really faster than I thought they would. Um, you know, I wasn't sure I'd be able to run like a four wide out type, you know, offense or not. But, you know, we've had the kids and the school kids to do that. and and they've caught the ball and they've just gotten better and better at it as it gone along. And quarterback Joseph McMurtry, he's just, you know, he's never been in this type of offense either and he's just kind of learning as it goes. He's a very smart kid. He's He's number one in his class, and, and uh, he just does a great job. He asks a lot of questions, which I love, and, and they're very good and smart type questions. And, and so he's just growing as a quarterback back there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to you know seeing where he goes uh, throughout the rest of the season and on in the future. Yeah, he's been he's been real impressive. Uh, you know, but firsthand, I got to see him firsthand. I was really impressed with the kid. He, he uh, he's going to be really good. I think so. He made some mistakes, you know, in that Whitney game on some of his reads and stuff and with the ball. We had some turnover. We had too many turnovers. This floppy game made some, you know, both the teams, I thought Whitney and us both played, did some really good things, looked really good at times, and then we were both sloppy at times. But, um, you know, now I guess that's to be expected in the first game. But, yeah, I know he was real down on himself for some of those picks he threw, but uh, he, he's doing a great job. I've been real proud of him. So this week you got uh, Coach Roden and uh, the Rogers Eagles coming up. Uh, what are you expecting out of the, the, the Eagles? Well, I expect a physical, hard-fought game. I mean, those guys were at, were at Rogers as well, so uh, they're always hard to beat over there. And uh, you know, I've seen them on film; they're you know no different. They're going to be hard-nosed and physical up front, and they're going to try and run that ball, that, that option and dive option to and all that stuff. So um, you know, you got to be disciplined on defense and, and read your keys and do your job, and not try to do everybody else's job. So um, you know, that's what I'm I'm looking for. You know, offensively, they do they've done a really good job. It seems like on film of trying to prevent big plays. They're a, they're a four-three cover four uh, defensively, and and uh, you know they, they their kids come and tackle well, very physical, very so I expect a hard-fought battle uh, over there Friday night. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you hopping on. Uh, good luck Friday, and uh, hopefully everybody comes through uh, healthy and safe. Yes, sir, definitely. I appreciate you having me. Y'all have a great day. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Troy Trojans, Coach Tommy Brashear. Thanks again to Coach for joining us today. And also, uh, we didn't mention it at the top of the show, but later on uh, later on in the show, we will also have the Robinson Rocket head football coach, Chris Lancaster, joining us as well. So keep an eye out for that as well. But again, thanks again to Coach Brashear for joining us. And let's jump right into this game, Kenny. Troy at Rogers, both teams 1-1. One one. Troy 22-21 winners over Lexington. Rogers 42-23 winners over 2A Schulenburg. Interesting game here. Yeah, and I really like the Joseph McMurtry over at Troy, the quarterback. You know, he's averaging 300 yards a game and uh, got a great wide receiver in Reed Ketchum who's averaging over 150 yards a game in reception yards. Uh, like Coach uh, Brashear said, you know, the offense is coming along great, but, heck, the defense is ahead of the offense. And if you looked who they've played this year in Lexington and Whitney, 
uh, two really high-powered offenses. They've held, you know, under 30 points, which is saying something in this day and age uh, of this spread offense. So, really, really good job for Coach and the kids over there. I think they're, you know, of course, they're in that tough district. So, uh, hopefully, they're competitive when it comes district time. Then you look at Rogers and Coach Roden. You know, he, we talked to him at the beginning of the year, and he feels like he's really deep at the offensive-defensive line. You know, they're going to be a run-heavy team, as you expect. You know, ran for a lot of yards last week. Uh, they got a really good quarterback in uh, Cisneros. So, this will be a fun one. Long-time rivals playing at at, uh, at Rogers. So, ought to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like uh, Coach Brashear mentioned in the interview, it's, uh, it's a good thing when your quarterback is the valedictorian of his class. You want someone really smart running your offense, especially when you're taking such a huge transition from a run-first offense into a pass-first offense, having a guy like McMurtry in there to, you know, run the offense and, you know, just lead this transition, it's huge. And it paid dividends for them last week, again, winning 22-21 over Lexington. I think this game will be pretty close. I mean, Rodgers, again, they have a more established offense that they've been running for a long time, you know, that kind of run-first option-style offense. And Troy's still trying to figure some things out offensively and defensively, as Coach Brashear mentioned. They've also transitioned to that 3-4 style of defense. So, um, honestly, this one's kind of tough for call to me. I kind of give the slight advantage to Rodgers at home, though, in this one. Yeah, uh, well, you know, Troy uh, played – Against the run well against Whitney, which yes. I don't know if that's saying much because Whitney has been able to get their running game going. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the McMurtry kid, his granddad was Mike McMurtry, who was mm-hmm. a longtime uh, coach and former head coach at Troy. And his uncle is Craig McMurtry, who was a Texas Ranger and a longtime coach at uh, Temple College over there. So he come from a, a long line of uh, athletes. And, uh, you know, one of my buddies ran into – Coach Mike McMurtry at all since after the game the other day. I sat there and talked to him for 30 minutes, and he's a, a great dude. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to go with Troy uh, okay. in this game. I think their defense is, like Coach Brashear said, ahead of their offense, and I think their offense is only getting better. So I'm going to go with Troy. I like it. I like that pick as well. But it'll be a great game. Troy at Rodgers. Split on this one. I'll take Rodgers, and Kenny will take Troy. So let's jump back up to class uh, a Class 4A versus 3A showdown as the Hillsboro Eagles will hit the road to take on the Academy Bumblebees at 2-0. 27-24 winners over Lago Vista last week. Again, as we mentioned before, Hillsboro losing 21-20 to Whitney at home last week. Um, you know, Hillsboro's first game of the season was on the road at McGregor, and they were able to pull, pull up on top. Now facing one of McGregor's district foes and Academy, probably slightly better than McGregor this year. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Well, you know, I think, man, you look at Academy and uh, mm-hmm. Cavalli Neely, dude. What, what <laughs> a, what a stud, man. He, uh, you know, he's rushed for over 356 yards this year. Academy not quite slinging around like they've done in the past couple of years when Coach Lancaster was there. And you know, Casey, Casey Morass still has um, almost 300 yards passing. This you just haven't really needed to throw the ball around because you got that running back. Uh, they're going to lean heavy on Neely. Uh, you know, their defense is four, six turnovers in two games. And you look at Hillsborough, I think they're going to lean on Ezra and Emery. And, you know, and uh, this may be a, a, a fast football game with them running the ball like they do. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, Academy can sling the ball around too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last last week, uh, Hillsborough gave up, you know, over 300 yards in passing. Uh, so, you know, I, I think – I'm going to go with Little River Academy in this game. Me too. Uh, I think Hillsborough is going to show up. I don't think it's going to – I think it will be a close game yeah, in my too. opinion. Uh, you know, Hillsborough just played all right last week. They had some mistakes. Uh, some breaks didn't go their way. You know, had some untimely penalties. Uh, but, yeah, I got Academy. Yeah, I got Academy as well. Uh, interesting matchup here, though, 4A versus 3A. Hillsborough, like you mentioned, they're a lot better than they were last year. Um, just – you know, some unfortunate, you know, cases last week against Whitney. A lot of two, two long touchdown runs from Ezra and Emery called back due to holding. And then just getting shut out in the second half and giving up that 13-point uh, lead that they had at halftime. You know, just unfortunate. You know, it's just one of those things. And that's another rivalry game as well. So crazy things are going to happen. But, yeah, I'll, I'll take Academy at home uh, this one as well to improve to 3-0. and now let's jump to another cross-division matchup. 2A Marlin will be on the road to take on Class 3A 2-0 Grosbeck. This game's kind of hard to read for me, Kenny, because when you look at Marlin, we don't really know much about this team. 
you know, we, we look back in week one, they because of, you know, some grades and a, a like an inter-district decision to cancel their week one sporting events. Yeah. So, so they have the forfeit loss to Itasca. And then in week two, they played Mart. And they played a really good Mart team, number one in number one in class two, a division two, probably going to be uncontested until probably the third or fourth round of the playoffs, like most years. So they lost 48 to eight to Mart. No shame in that. So with that being said, with the forfeit loss and just playing one of the best teams pound for pound in the state of Texas, we don't know much about this Marlin team. And then, but we, you look on the other side, it grows back. They're two and oh, and they've had, a really, really dominating stretch over their first two weeks. They played a 4A team in Caldwell on the road and beat them 31-6 to and then went on and beat McGregor 35-7 to last week, only giving up 13 points while scoring 66 in their first two um, games of the season. This game's just hard for hard to read, but on paper, it just looks like Grosbeck might be the better team heading into the end of this game. Yeah, and like you said, Marlon, you just don't know much about them. You know, I know they've got a quarterback in Roderick Suiters, and then uh, you know they got Hopwood, who's their running back, who's a pretty good little player. Uh, you know, I like Grosbeck. I like Coach Bomar. Yeah. Uh, you know, we kind of in our preview, we you know. A lot of people don't have Grossbeck making the playoffs, and I just really thought, you know what, there's a good chance they could sneak into that three or four spot. Uh, you know, you know Teague, my opinion, Teague and Malakoff, they're going to make the playoffs in that team. Then you've mm-hmm. got, you know, kind of a cluster down there at the bottom. Uh, you know, Jordan Smith for Grossbeck, you know, he went 19 for 211 last week, I believe it was. So uh, not a whole lot of stats on them guys either. I did watch some, some highlights and, mm-hmm. you know, I like Coach Bomar, and he's going to have a well-coached team, and, and I got Grossbeck in this one. Yeah, I got Grossbeck as well, and just for me, it's the sole purpose. I mean, Ruben Torres is a great coach. He's assembled a great you know staff over there, uh, and Marlin just got a, you know just some things with the grades and everything with the kids, and just the fact that they played Martin Week Two. There's just again, there's just not a whole lot we know about this 2023 Bulldog squad, and I think for that sole reason, especially with how Grossbeck, how dominant Grossbeck has been. Throughout their first two weeks, I think I think Grosbeck at home is the safe bet here. So we'll both go Grosbeck in this one. And how about an exciting matchup here? Another three A versus four A here. One and one, Cameron Yo on the road to take on the Connolly Cadets. Uh, Yo suffered a loss, forty-one to twenty, uh, to Yoakum last week. But that Yoakum team, if you look at their schedule and what they what they have coming back this season, they look pretty darn good. And then, of course, we mentioned at the top of the show, Connolly, 48-40 winners over the La Vega Pirates. Uh, interesting matchup here. I think this is, a ge- this is a game that was pretty high-scoring last year. We might be shaping up for another high-scoring affair this year. Yeah, I just, you know, I picked Cameron to finish second in their district. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, Connolly's just a different beast, you know. Yeah. And they've got some, uh, some uh, skill guys over there at, at Cameron, you know, with Goolsby and then the quarterback, Drake, and uh, – Kadarius Bradley, Mr. Bradley over there. Uh, but when you look at Conley, and we talked about him earlier, man, you've got Kiefer Sibley and, and Kobe Black. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a 23 score game, you know, 20, yeah. 21 point. Uh, and nothing against Cameron. You know, that's just a different type of team you're playing over there in, in Conley. Yeah, and sheer talent alone. But this is one of those games where – when win, win, lose, or draw, Yo's going to come out of this game as a better team. You know, hopefully, especially hopefully they come out healthy. Knock on wood. You know, th- that's the ma- that's the main thing you you pray for. But you know, regardless of how the score turns out, Yo's going to come just because of the sheer talent they're going against, especially during it being a bigger team and a bigger classification. Which is crazy talent with Kobe Black and Kiefer Sibley and guys like that. Yo's just going to come out a better team regardless of the outcome. But yeah, I'm with you. I'll take. Connolly at home on this one. And now let's jump to a, another cross-division matchup. Seems like every matchup is that is that case this week. 2-0 Teague on the road to take on 2-0 Centerville. Uh, Teague 27 winner, 27 nothing winners over New Waverly last week. And then the Centerville, a very impressive 43-20 victory over Crawford last week. You know, this... Uh, this was a 15-point victory for Centerville last year, but I think T- Teague is a 
or TIG rather, is a much better team than they were last year. They're, they're just older. They're an older team this year. They were very young last year, but still managed to pull out seven or eight wins. And then the same with Centerville. They have 12 starters returning as well. And I think a lot of those were some of their core contributors from last year's re, uh, region final, regional semi semifinalist team. Um, this is this is a tough one to pick though because I think both teams are pretty good, but I give a slight advantage to Centerville in this one. Yeah, I think I'm with you on Centerville. You know, uh, last week uh, Tig played a New Waverly team and uh, didn't they didn't throw the ball a whole lot. They mm-hmm. they, they rushed the ball well and uh, played really good defense. Uh, New Waverly's kind of down from what they were last year yeah. from what I've read and, and understand. But uh, Centerville, you know, we talked to Coach Hoffman last year and uh, when Mark went over there and played them, and he's like, man, when you play Centerville, when your kids get back on the bus, it, they know they've been in a dogfight. Oh, yeah. know, those dudes are tough over there. And uh, as much as I like uh, Coach Linson's group over there, I think I'm going to go with Centerville also. Yeah, I'm going to go Centerville. And, again, that was just a huge – victory over Crawford last week 43 to 20 that really set you know class 2A division 1 on notice they could be a maybe not even a dark horse anymore they could be one of the favorites out of that region for sure so but yeah I'll take Centerville at home in this one in this battle of undefeated 2A versus an undefeated 3A and um, so we'll move on now Uh, Kenny had a chance as we mentioned before to sit down with the head coach of the Robinson Rockets coach Chris Lancaster so here is Kenny's interview with coach Chris Lancaster all right I'm here with coach Chris Lancaster the head football coach for the Robinson Rockets coach how you doing today Oh, outstanding. How about yourself? We're doing good, man. Hey, I appreciate you hopping on here. I know you guys are extremely busy this time of year. Uh, first, I want to talk about, uh, before we get to Taylor and some other things, just kind of the obstacles that you had coming into Robinson being the third coach in three years. And uh, I know I, I saw a news clip where you talked about gaining the kids' trust because, you know, they've had probably uh, ups and downs with those other two coaches. Another thing that I thought probably was interesting is probably trying to get participation levels up. Did, did you notice maybe a drop in participation of the that you maybe had to get some kids out of the halls and, and back on the field? Well, not really. Um, you know, when I got here, I think the excitement and everything, we, we've had a great turnout this fall so, so far. So, you know, the main thing is, like I said earlier in, in those other interviews, is, is building a trust. You know, here comes a new coach in. So kids today in our society, you know, uh, we don't have a lot of trust in people. And so we're the right, wrong, and different. So I have to prove to them that I'm here for them and, and here to make good, sound decisions for, for on their best interest and help them get educated and, and, and get them out in society. Let's talk about, you know, you're an offense, you're offensive coordinator at, at Troy, and, and I'm assuming you, you ran the offense at uh... – at Academy and here at Robinson, you were really run heavy at Troy and you kind of swapped it around at your, at Robin at, at, at Academy and Robinson. So what's your philosophy? Do you just kind of adapt to the personnel you have or, or do you prefer that spread type offense? Well, I prefer winning and I prefer doing <laughs> what your kids, I prefer what your kids can do. You know, at Troy, we had Zach Herbachi. Uh We had some other good running backs before them. And we also had a good, strong offensive line and some blocking tight ends. So we kind of kept that. And if you go back and traditionally look at what Troy had done through the years, they, they morphed from a slot T into what we wanted to do from the high formation. And then go to academy, and, and we had some kids, some great skilled kids that could sling it, throw it. And uh, so we just kind of adapted, taking our same philosophy, doing that. And that's what we're trying to do here at Robinson, figuring out what we have in the stables and, uh, and then putting our kids in the best positions to be successful. Okay, you got the Taylor Ducks coming up this week. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they lost to a, a pretty solid Gaysville team, and they beat a Rockdale team. What are you expecting out of the Taylor Ducks this week? Well, I'm expecting everything. You know, number one, it goes back to my relationship with their head football coach, Coach Flowers. Uh, I had the opportunity to coach at the University of Kentucky, and and, uh, Coach Flowers was a player for us there. So I've known this young man for a long time, and watching him through the the years, coming back to Central Texas, where he's from, and watching him climb up in the coaching ranks, I'm very proud of him and what he's doing there at Taylor. Uh, I I think we're probably... Very identical in in talent um, and things of that nature. Very impressed with them, especially in their kicking game. They got two outstanding kickers, but offensively, they're going to spread you out. They love to run the ball a little bit with a counter and, and a lot of screens. 
defensively. They, they base out of a 3-4. Um, so, you know, but what it's going to boil down to is just like what you're seeing now in college football. It's, it's who wants the most on that given night. And, and this Friday night is going to boil down to who wants to win, who wants to be the best team that night and eliminate the mistakes. And uh, we're just looking for a real good challenge. Well, let's talk about your – before we go, let's talk about your team. So, first game of the year, a really tough challenge playing a 5A school in university. And, and you were up at half and, uh, you know, had some pretty good special te- – a really good special teams play. And then you bounced back and, and, and shut out a Caldwell team. So, how, how are you feeling about your guys right now? Well, we're still – you know, I feel, I feel good where we are right now mentally. You know, we needed that big win. Uh, you know, fought hard the first game, but just ran out of gas. And uh, my hat's off to university and, and what Coach has done over there in his first year. He's really brought in some structure and some discipline, and, and uh, they're doing a scheme that really uh, helps their talent and uh, hurry up offense and defensively. They're hard-nosed. But, but we go to Caldwell, and we're able to do some things, especially in our running game, and uh, really thought our kids responded well. Our defense got better. We started getting in our gaps and starting to starting to gel a little bit. And our kicking game has really been outstanding. And I'm not going to have to knock on wood. I don't want that ever to, to falter. <laughs> but um, I think right now we're in a good state of mind. Again, you know, you're dealing with um, high school kids, you know, 14 to 18 years of age, and, and anything can happen on any Friday night. And that's, that's why I, I don't sleep much at night. Hey, Coach, we appreciate it. Uh, thanks for hopping on with us, and good luck this uh, this Friday night. All right. Thank you all. And that was Kenny's interview with the head football coach of the Robinson Rockets, Coach Chris Lancaster. Thanks again to Coach Lancaster for joining us on today's show. Now, let's jump into this game, Kenny. Uh, uh, Robinson taking on Taylor, of course. Both teams um, you know, fell early 0-1 at the beginning of the season. Uh, and then both with nice bounce-back victories last week. Taylor 39-6 over Rockdale. And then 28-0 over Caldwell was the result for the Rockets last week. What do you see in this game, Kenny? Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, as we talked with Coach Lancaster, uh, you know, I think, you know, Robinson's still trying to, you know, learn a few things. Uh, their offense is kind of coming around now with, uh, you know, Dylan Medlock and Christian Lujan and Aiden Stanford. Uh, but, you know, Taylor's a bigger school. You know, they got a set of brothers over there, a quarterback and a receiver, and the Michelinex, however you say that. Got a good <laughs> yeah. running back and Fisher. Kind of a balanced team. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to give the edge to Taylor. I am as well. I, I think I think Taylor's uh, just a more, you know, more well-rounded team at this point in the season, of course, you know, with Robinson. I think they're both uh, breaking into new head coaches this year. I think Irvin Flowers, I can't – I'm not sure if this is his first – I think it's his first season at Taylor. And of course, it's the first season at Robinson for Chris Lancaster. So, both teams still trying to figure everything out. Both teams one and one you know, I, th- I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be interesting. But as far, like you said, as far as like a weapon standpoint, I, th- I give the slight advantage to Taylor. So, yeah, I- I'll take the-, the Ducks. Awesome mascot, by the way. I'll take the Ducks in this one as well. And that'll do it for our week three preview. Now let's go ahead and jump into our week three pick We will start with Salado at Malakoff. Who do you got in this one, Kenny? Uh, I'm going to go Malakoff. And by the way, uh, our buddy Jay Black hasn't had it. He's had a busy week, so uh, if he sends his picks in later, we'll we'll log them down. But he's not going to be picking with us today. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, I got Malakoff. Uh, yeah, I got Malakoff as well. Then the game on ESPN two tonight: Red Oak and Lake Belton. I'll take the lake. I got the lake also. University at Arlington Heights. This is also a Thursday night game. I'll take the Trojans. I got the Trojans as well. Heiko at Cross Plains. Don't know much about Cross Plains here, so I'll take Heiko. Heiko across the board. Harker Heights at Cedar Ridge. Who do you got here? I got Harker Heights. I'll take the Knights as well. Yo at Connolly. I'll take the Cadets. I got the Cadets. Axtell at Dawson. Who do you got? I got the Longhorns. I'll take the Longhorns as well. Moody at Hubbard. Gimme. Oh, this one's tough. Uh, I'll take the Jaggers. I got Moody. Cleburne at Colleen. As again, that uh, district starts play here. I'm going to take Colleen in this one. I got Colleen. I think Cleburne's just a bit down uh, like they've been the last couple years. Waco at Granbury. Who do you got in this one? I got Granbury Pirates. Yeah, they've they've had a really strong start. It's hard to pick against them. I'll take the Pirates as well. Taylor at Robinson. I'll take Taylor. Taylor across the board. 
Uh, Austin Vandergrift on the road at Midway. Man, Vandergrift's coming off that state championship runner-up run. I'll take I'll take the Vipers. I got the Panthers. I like it. Shoemaker at Midlothian. I'm gonna take the Gray Wolves here, Kenny. Yeah, I got shoe. Marble Falls at Colleen Chaparral. Give me the Shaps, Kenny. Yeah, I'm going Chaparral. Blooming Grove at Eustis. Who do you got in this I one? I got Blooming Grove. I'll t- I'll try to get one up on you. I'll I'll, I'll pick Eustis, the three A team. College Station at Temple. We're going a little back and forth on this one. Who do you got in this one? I got Temple. I'm going to take College Station then. I saw them play back in week one, and although they lost to a damn good Lovejoy team, by the way, I think I think they'll come out on top here. And it's kind of weird, though. They played one game, College Station did, and then they had the week two bye, yeah. which you don't see very often. So it be interesting to see. that They've had two weeks to prepare for Temple. So I'll take the College Station Cougars. Mart at Italy. Mart. Mart. Tig at Centerville, tough one to call here, but again, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with my gut and take Centerville. Yeah, Centerville across the board. Midlothian Heritage of La Vega, who do you got in this one? I got Heritage, uh, just you know, bigger school. Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, I think I think the I think the Pirates will put a, put up a tough fight. You know, what? give me La Vega. I, I'll, I'll take the Pirates in this one. Thorndale at Riesel, give me the Indians. I got Riesel as well. Ralph Vista at Crawford. Pirates. Pirates. Troy at Rogers. I'm going to take Rogers. I got Troy. Hillsboro at Academy. I'll take the Bumblebees. Yep. I got them also. Marlin at Grosbeck. I got the Goats. Got the Goats. Rockdale at Lexington. Who do you got in this one? I got Lexington. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go Lexington as well. I think Rockdale is kind of stumbling out out of the gate here, but we'll 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 see how they how they come off that thirty nine six loss to Taylor. But I'll take Lexington. Then a Clifton at Bosqueville. I'll take the Cubs here. I got the Cubs as well. And then China Spring at Mejia, China. Yep. And that is it for our week three pickums. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to to today's show, the week three 2023 season edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at ctfppodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on our social media pages. We're at ctfppodcast on both Instagram and Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. And we also have a Facebook page, Central Texas Football Podcast. Um, so you can reach out to us at any of those outlets. Thanks again to Matt Step for the weekly Matt Step question of the week. And thank you to Troy Trojan head coach, uh, Tommy Brashear. And thank you to Robinson Rocket head coach, Chris Lancaster, for giving us some time to interview them on this week's show. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox. And enjoy week three of the Texas high school football season.